You're listening to Second Breaks. This is episode number 88. with another episode of Second Break, a weekly podcast where we dive into stories and strategies for navigating this changing world of work so you can confidently step towards and thrive in your chosen career. Because that's really what this is all about, right? At the end of the day, we want to live the life we want and we want to be able to support that with a career that we've chosen and that makes us proud of the work that we do. If we've not met before, if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. And uh, my name is Lou Blazer. I'm your host and a fellow Second Breaker. And whether you're new to the show or a returning listener, first of all, welcome back. But I'm really thrilled that you are here, that you're letting me in your ears for a few minutes this Thursday or whenever it is that you're listening to this episode. I always feel privileged about this medium of conversation that we have now called the podcast, although it is a bit of a one way granted. But the fact that I'm able to chat with you this way, right? The thing is, you can chat back if you'd like to, you can reach back, you can find me on Instagram, which is where I hang out these days. That is my social media of choice. You can find me on Instagram at Blazer. And uh, you can definitely direct message me there if you have any questions or comments or just want to say hi, you know, let's connect. And I would so much love to hear from you. I also on the Instagram, I also on the Instagram, <laughs> on Instagram, I also have been sort of sharing my journey as well, my career journey, the things that I'm working on, the things that are inspiring me, the things that I'm learning most importantly, and the challenges and all that kinds of good stuff. Because I'm finding that, first of all, because writing it and sharing it, I think is helpful for me because I'm able to reflect on it a little bit more. But also I think, you know, we're all in this together, right? In this crazy changing world of ours. And I I bet that, you know, what, something that I'm working on might be helpful to others, to you. And I am I'm pretty sure that there's something that you're working on as well or something that you're learning that would be helpful to me or others as well. So I encourage you to share that as well. Anyway, enough about me. <laughs> That's probably a little longer than I usually do, but let's talk about you, right? So listen, there is a very good chance that you have at some point or another dreamt or even seriously considered taking a career break or a sabbatical from your job. Maybe you wanted to travel or (laughs) write your great American novel. Maybe you wanted to go back to school or try something different for a bit. You maybe even just want to, you know, live life a little bit differently or live a little bit more (laughs) than you have already been doing. But Maybe, you know, maybe you thought about it, but stopped yourself short because you were thinking like, how in the world can I make this happen, right? This sounds good, but how, right? Maybe you were worried about finances while you're, you go on sabbatical, how are you going to manage that or if you're going to be able to afford it? And you also maybe wondered whether 
taking a break of this kind might be good for your career overall. Now, if this is resonating with you at all, or if taking a career break is something that you'd really want to be able to do, then you are in for a treat, my friend, with today's episode. My guest today is Katrina McGee, who took a 20-month break from her corporate career. During her break, she traveled quite a bit, but one of the real reasons that she wanted to go on a break, on a career break, was because she wanted to figure out what she really wanted to do with her career going forward. And taking a step away from her career allowed her, gave her the space to reconnect with herself, which helped her figure out her next steps. In this episode, Katrina shares how she made this 20-month break happen, how she planned for it, and what she did exactly. She also talked about her experience during the break and what her re-entry to corporate life was like. Now, there is something that Katrina will mention, you'll hear about it when she talks about it, that I thought it really struck me and you know, I, I flag it to your attention now so that you could pay attention to it. It's this idea about making choices based on desire and not based on fears. And seriously, when I first heard her talk about it, I took notes myself because I wanted to remind myself of this because so often, and sometimes we don't even realize that this is what's happening, but our decisions and our choices are influenced by our limiting beliefs and our fears. So we decide, for example, to do X, Y, Z, because we believe that that's all that's possible, or we can't imagine being able to do anything else. So we do, or we choose to do X, Y, Z, not because it's what we want exactly, but it's, it, it's what we think is possible. Katrina turned this thinking upside down when she planned her career break, and she graciously shares her process with us in this episode. Now, Second Breaks is brought to you by Anne Thriving. Anne Thriving is a professional network for folks like you who are looking to navigate this new world of work and thrive in your career of choice. Inside Anne Thriving, you have access to career move strategies and tools, one-on-one career mentorship, and a professional community that can support and help you during your career journey. You can explore Anne Thriving when you go to anthriving.net. And be sure to add your name to the waitlist to hear as soon as we reopen doors for new members. Okie dokie, let's get on with the show. I actually was a math major in college and had no idea what I was going to do with that. And I kind of found myself by accident um, becoming an actuary. My first eight years were spent um, in actuarial science. I worked in healthcare. And, you know, it was definitely um, great learning and it paid really well. But it was far from my passion and far from a career that was lighting me up. I'm really, I can be really extroverted in moments and I love people. And I found that that job really didn't necessarily need all of that. It was a lot more behind the scenes and the computer crunching things. Um, So I wanted to escape. And I thought the smart sort of logical escape was to go get my MBA. And I thought I would change my whole life and go find my happiness there. So um, So I quit my job. I went away to a full-time program and I spent two years getting my MBA. And when I came out of business school, I thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to go become a market researcher and I'll love it because it deals with people and it'll be magical and amazing and life will be perfect. And it wasn't perfect. Um, (laughs) I left. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'd love to um, to go start with General Mills, which is a great company and probably one of the best places to go be a market researcher. But eight months in, it was super clear to me, even that early on, that it was corporate wasn't my jam. And I think I had tried to deny that because it pays well and you get your benefits. And it just was really nice to have that stability. But it was not it was not lighting me up. In fact, it was kind of killing my soul. Just corporate in general was taking a little piece of me every day. Um, and I just couldn't do it anymore. So all of that led to me actually having this moment where I was like looking at my life and saying, if I don't do something really drastic, this moment is going to be the next 30 years of my life. I don't know where to start, but I know that something has to change. And so I hired a life coach and she was amazing. And we did a lot of work together. And in one of my sessions, I had this huge epiphany that instead of finding like my next career or new job, for me, the next right step was taking a career break. And that's sort of what led to me realizing that that was my, that was my new dream. I want to really find out a little bit more about how you made that happen. But just as an aside, I laughed when you said actuarial because um, my, my first degree was in accounting and I hated actuarial. <laughs> Accounting. <laughs> so when you said that, I'm like, oh my god! Yes, I used to do FAS 106 valuations, so it was totally like that actuarial accounting stuff. No, takes me back. <laughs> so I could totally relate when you said that. So anyway, so then you did this thing, and you had this epiphany that instead of thinking about, okay, what do I do next, is that you're gonna take a break. And first of all, that was a pretty ballsy, pretty brave <laughs> sort of decision. So um, I guess my question is, then how, however, did you make that happen? Because I think that probably a lot of people want, want to be able to do that, take a sabbatical, take a break. But f 20 months, how did you make that happen? Yeah, so the first step was getting really clear on what I wanted. And it didn't mean that I knew exactly what this break was going to be, but to get clear that I wanted a break to know how long my goal was. So originally my goal was one year and I kind of started filling in the things I wanted to do. I wanted to go to Asia. I wanted to do a road trip in the US. I wanted to go back to Europe for a while. And so it was getting really clear so that I could feel it in my bones, right? Like I think a lot of times change is born of desperation and we just get so desperate to have it be different. Like it gets too painful to stay where we are. And that's where I was. And so having this thing that was so exciting and so motivating to move towards was really helpful on the days where I started to feel um, like it was hard, right? Or it's challenging. Like it's great to keep moving forward, to be clear on what you're moving towards. Um, and I really had to change my whole relationship with money. That was a critical piece of making it happen. I think for a lot of people, that's probably the first place they'll go to when they tell you that they can't do it or why it's not possible. It's like, I could never afford to do that. Yes, yeah. And yeah, on the surface, neither could I. I had $1,500 in my bank account. I had forty, like $45,000 or something worth of student loans left to pay on my MBA. And I owned a townhouse in Atlanta that I was like underwater on and had a renter in because I couldn't sell it. And so like I was responsible for if the HVAC broke or the water heater exploded, like where am I going to get the money to pay for that? So on the surface, I couldn't afford it either. But what it really comes down to, Lou, is that like I couldn't afford not to do it. Yes. Life, life is a gift, right? And like, you're wasting it. You're wasting it to be sitting there being miserable and to really want something and just give up before you ever even try. And so for me, it was deciding 
I was going to have a better relationship with money and that I was going to find a way to save. And so I started tracking, I mean, nerd alert actuary, right? Like I started tracking everything in a spreadsheet, but I just started becoming aware of where my money was going. Cause like I was making about $92,000 plus maybe a bonus in there um, every year. And I had no savings. And so I was like, where is all of this money going? Where's it going? And you have to answer that question before you can make a change. And then once I knew where it was going, I was able to decide what was worth it because I still had some things that were worth it. And I had to decide the places that I was like not being very intentional with my money. And I just started putting it towards savings. And I managed by changing my habits to save um, $40,000 in 18 months. So from the moment that, let me make sure that I understand that, from the moment that you decided that I want to take a career break, about 18 months is how how much, how long it took you to save enough money to support that. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. It took me about a month to figure out how much the break was going to cost. And I came up with 38,000. So that's kind of once I had a goal, then 18 months of saving is how long it took me to reach that goal. You said you decided that you wanted to take a break. And then you started thinking about, okay, what do I want this break to be about? Like, yeah, obviously, or not obviously, but you wanted travel as part of it and that kind of stuff. So did you actually know that it was going to be 20 months? Or did you say I'm just going to do six months first or a year first? Or how did, did you yeah. did you think long term right away? Or Three months yeah, at a time. in the middle. Yeah, it was in the middle. So it was one year because I thought to myself, if I'm not scared, if I'm not making this decision out of fear, how long do I want to go? And the answer was one year, right? Like that's scary. If I wasn't scared when I'm when I'm at the point in time, how long will I? I love that question. I'm going to yeah. use that question for other things. Good. Because sometimes <laughs> we make a decision based on fear. So that is a beautiful question. Sorry, sorry. I digress. Yeah. I, just, I wanted to make a point. Yes, no, absolutely. I, you're right. I think we limit ourselves a lot based on like what we're not afraid of or what's scary, but not too scary. And so for me, it was like, if we remove all fear, I would love to be, I would love to be gone for one year. And that felt so crazy, Lou, like one year felt crazy, like let alone 20 months. Like I didn't know anybody that had done this. So I was like, can I do it? I'm not even sure I can do it, but that's what I want. And so once I knew that it was like, okay, if I had one year to do all of the things, what are the things? And part of it was spending time at home with my family. Part of it was taking a road trip through the US, um, which I think we'll talk about this in a little bit. But part of it too was having a buffer where I finish all these crazy travels and I come back in a really like thoughtful sort of like slower way. And I don't feel pressured to find the next thing right away as soon as all of, you know, all of the travels are over. And so for me, it was like 12 months seemed like long-term thinking. It felt like my dream without fear. And it kind of filled in from there, like how I would fill that time. And what happened was like eight months into the 12 months, I'd become so good at managing money and so good about prioritizing and being intentional that I had way more money left in my bank account than I ever thought that I would. And I was like, well, holy cow, I'm just going to ride this out till my money is gone. And that was 20 months. So <laughs> so did you did you actually quit or did you say I'm going to be on live, leave without pay? Yeah, I actually quit and I gave them eight months notice. I was so sure that it was for me and I was so excited. Like I wanted to show up authentically as myself at work and I didn't want them to be planning for my next rotation and pretending in the IDP, like I just wanted them to feel good. And I wanted to feel good myself. So I gave them eight months notice. And I was like, you know, in August, I'll be quitting and taking this trip. Yeah. Did you end up selling your condo first before you left for your your break? Or 
What did you end up doing? Yeah, I ended up keeping it. So I had a tenant in there who was a really great tenant. And I just, I mean, at that point I could have sold it, but it would have been like just selling it for what I owed. And I would have made money after it just felt like a really bad time to sell. So I kept it because I had a tenant and she ended up being really great. And I was very fortunate that anything that came up was super um, minor in scope as far as like what needed to be, to be done. But I ended up like continuing to be a landlord while I was traveling. I am going to ask about the re-entry bit in a, in a minute, but I just, I was just curious as you know, while, while you're in the, the break itself, yeah. Was it um, everything that you thought it was going to be or did you know, did you end up com revising your plans or how, how was the experience altogether? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's such a great question, Lou. Um, no, it was not, it was not all that I thought it was going to be. It was better and it was worse, right? It was, it was real life. And so, you know, like I had some personal hardships going on. So, um, you know, like we, like, it's just sort of the, the sad thing, but you know, my brother unexpectedly passed away one week before I started my break. And so the first like three months I was in the grief fog that people sort of fall into when you've lost someone that very unexpectedly that like is your person and you're very close to. So that whole road trip through the U.S. ended up being a completely different experience. And I had envisioned like I thought it was going to be like Thelma and Louise adventure, right? Like I'm just driving off into the sunset, you know, but instead it's like a lot of time to process a really painful thing. But I can honestly say that it was better than I could have imagined and that I could not imagine going back to work after he had passed away and having the time to really be where I was and to not feel like I had to pretend or smile at work or care about things I didn't care about or create a PowerPoint when really all I wanted to do was like, you know, cry that day. It was such a huge blessing. Um, and then when we talk about like international travel, I was on a budget. And I think when you travel on a budget, you get to see the world yes. as it really is, but it's really hard sometimes. Like you're taking public transit and you're getting lost and you're staying in hostels sometimes or guest houses, you know, like, it's really like, and you can be lonely sometimes and it can be hard and you can question, why am I a weirdo? Why am I the person that had to travel all the way around the world to do this thing? Like, why can't I be like everybody else and just be comfortable in my house and my job with my car? You know, like it definitely, it's real life. And I think you go deep into deeper into who you are. And some of that is amazing. And some of it is hard. Right. Well, was, was one of the objectives uh, for the break to sort of figure out what you want to do or that wasn't even in the in the goal that so. was absolutely one of the objectives because I felt like at that point I had done all of the shoulds like I'd should myself almost to death where like I should get this job and I should have these benefits I'd quieted my inner self for so long I really didn't know what I liked anymore I didn't really have many hobbies I didn't really feel connected to myself. And so I would, I wanted to end that break feeling like I had a better understanding of who I was. And I thought from that, it would be easier to figure out what comes next and what I wanted to do after. That is so true. Because I think when we separate ourselves from the expectations and society saying this and family saying that, and you know, it, it's, that's when we find the answers that our, our true self is trying to tell us. Yeah. Right? Then the other thing that I think people like people who are thinking of making uh, taking a break or yeah. something, one is to your point, the money part, right? The financial, how can I make this happen? And then the other side is like, even if I can make this happen financially, this is career suicide. Like, yeah. what, 
how could I possibly do this? And so I wanted to ask your experience, like, how was it for you or like other people who you know have done this? What was it like? Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. Like many people believe that that is basically like killing your career. And what I experienced and what I see in my clients as well is that it's actually a career rebirth. So your old career might die if you want it to die, but something comes, something much more beautiful comes in its place. And so just to illustrate that, you know, when I came back, when it was time for me, when I decided what I was going to go into next and I got serious about it and I updated my resume, from the day I updated my resume until I accepted an offer was five weeks. And I had five job offers after five weeks of searching. And it's like, in what on what planet is that, you know, is that career suicide? And in fact, I ended up with a dream job. Um, I'm a whole food shopper. I'm way into like natural and organic stuff. And there was a company that was so small when I quit my job at General Mills, it didn't market research didn't exist within their within their like realm of consideration and they had grown bigger over the years because natural organic is a growing you know like it's a growing industry and they had a role for someone like me that had just come available and was posted on LinkedIn um like two weeks before I started looking and so I ended up getting that job and being able to differentiate myself by being passionate about things and standing up for what I believe in and not being afraid and also just like sharing my great experience that, you know, also is a part of my story. I landed a dream job that didn't even exist and, you know, would not be possible. And I remember asking when I first started at General Mills, there was a conference that they do. It's like an exposition that they do on natural foods every year, twice a year. And I asked my boss, can I please go to, is there a way I can go to this conference? And she was like, absolutely not. Like they only send two people out of the company. Like that's never going to happen. And then four years later, I'm working at that company. Like I'm not at the conference, like I'm working at that company. So it's definitely, if you are aligned and, and really taking the time to get to know who the, who the you inside really is, like, I believe it's a career rebirth and not a career suicide. Were you, like, during the time that you were away, during the break, were you consciously keeping up with, like, recruiters or headhunters or, like, keeping one eye towards, like, at some yeah. point I'm going to have to look for a job, so let me just keep up with the yeah. goings-on? Were you doing that at all? Absolutely not. In fact, my resume had not been updated since I started working at General Mills. So when I got serious about looking for jobs at the end of my break, I had to go back and remember all of the projects that I had worked on at General Mills and like update my resume for the very first time as a market researcher. Like I just completely disconnected from that space because for me, for me personally, that would have been a really fear-based thing, right? To be like, oh my God, like I'm having a great time, but like, I gotta, I gotta be planting seeds for the future. Cause what if, you know, like I wanted to fully be where I was and fully be in that moment. And so I just cut all ties with thinking about that until it was time to think about it. And when it was time, I got fully committed. I showed up, you know, I had a recruiter look at my resume. I took feedback. Like I, you know, like I really put a lot of effort into making a great resume and showing up as a great and well-researched candidate. But before that time, I was like, nope, not doing it. And I imagine that one of the questions, because this is another thing that people worry about is the gap. The stupid gap yes. in the resume, and I'm sure people asked you, but you had a wonderful, well, it, it, you know, very different story yes. to tell about that as well. Yes, you can so make that gap work for you. There were multiple interviews where I was sitting in a room talking to someone, and half of our interview was about where did you go? Where was your favorite place? 
what did you learn while you were traveling? What was Vietnam like? What's your favorite country? You know what I mean? It was right. just, when you show up in the room, everybody is qualified for that job, right? Like, or at least, you know, 90% of the people are applying for the job that they're at least moderately qualified for. Who stands out? The person that like is doing the thing at XYZ company that has always been done or the person that has the credentials and has the experience, but then took a year off and traveled around the world and saved $40,000 in 18 months. And like, became a certified yoga instructor in Bali. And like that, you know what I mean? Like who doesn't want to hang out with that person? And so I think that the gap is actually really sexy if you know how to work it. And I talked so much about that gap on my cover letters because I wanted them to know. I felt very much like clear that like, it's like, look what I did in the last 12 months or last 20 months, you know? And mine was a big gap, like 20 months after just working for three years in my new career. It was like, I was almost not working for almost as long as I had been working, but it was like, look at all of the stuff I did. Like, this is badass. And I think me projecting that and really telling the story and bringing them along really made me stand out. Like, I think it's an opportunity. That gap is an opportunity for you to be unique in a good way. If you choose to step into that. Yes, exactly. Owning that and not hiding it or not trying to make it be. In in fact, you embraced it. And you, the fact that you even talked about it in your cover letter. And that's what I bring to the table that you're not going to hear from, right. other, from other candidates. Totally. <laughs> exactly. You know, a large component, obviously, of why you were able to do this is that you were able to manage your financials, your finances. Yes. And so this concept of financial freedom, and I know when we exchanged emails, this was a topic that also came up. So I wanted, especially with your background, I wanted, uh, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit. If you wouldn't mind yeah. talking about... From your perspective and your experience, what is true financial freedom and how, you know, is it really just X number of money in the bank? Like, what is it and how do we feel it and how can it help us or empower us in our career decisions? Yes, I love that question. And it's so simple and so hard at the same time. But for me, financial freedom is when you get to a place where money is not the key driver in your decisions, where you are free to do the things you want to do, free to say yes to opportunities, free to like give yourself what you need and not live in a fearful place or a place where money is the thing that holds you back, Mm -hmm. right? The thing that you either worry about or the thing that makes, makes things just not feasible. And what I find so interesting is that a lot of people feel like it could be a number. They're like, what is that number? You know, how much money do I have to have? And the thing is, is that I truly believe it is much more a mindset than it is a number because my number is different than, you know, your number is different than like someone else's number. And it's never going to be enough if you don't clean up how you think about money. You, I mean, we all do it. Like I start my first job paid $45,000 a year and I thought I was rich, right? Like when I'm 21 years old making 45,000, but flash forward like 10 years and I'm making twice that amount and I'm saving none of it. And I feel like I'm living comfortably, but at my means. And I'm like, well, this is just like how I live. Like I've grown into that and I don't feel financially free. I don't feel like I have more choices, but my money has literally doubled. Like my income has doubled. And so, yeah, I think if left unchecked, we take the old, uh, you know, the old thought process of not being conscious of all the ways we're spending our money. And is it really aligned with things that make us happy or are we just like, buffering and sort of self-soothing because we're not really happy or fulfilled in our careers or our lives. So it's really nice to go spend money to do this thing or to like go have this expensive meal, which is awesome. But when you're living a life that really is freedom, you don't need all the buffering. Like 
the things that are in your life are the things that you want to be in your life. It's not like you're compensating for having so much in your life you don't want. And so it's really, to me, so much more about the mindset of getting clear on what you really need. And I think a lot of people would sit down and give you a really long list of things that they thought they needed to be happy. But that list is probably in actuality, like 15%, you know, like it's really, I believe so hard. I believe so hard that the less you need, the more freedom you have. And you're allowed to have as much as you want. You're allowed to want more. But when you're super clear that you don't need it, you have the freedom to say yes and the freedom to say no to almost anything. I know someone very well, a friend of mine who would probably end up listening to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to mention his, his name, but um, he would be the first one to tell me that he like he has this well, very well paying job that he is not very happy with. But he can't quit because it's a well-paying job. And look at the house and the car and the vacation and, you know, th those kinds of stuff. But if you ask him if he's happy, he's he's going to say, I'm not, I'm not really very happy. Right. But yeah. what am I going to do? This is the job that pays me the money. Right. And I think it's like, you know, it's human nature, but we just get so attached to being comfortable. We don't want to be uncomfortable. So if the house and the car, if it, if it makes us feel safe, even if it's all an illusion, just the feeling of safety and the feeling of comfort, I think is really addicting. Right. And so if you're not pushing against that and you're not flexing your courage muscle and like being willing to be uncomfortable sometimes, it's just a lull that we can find ourselves in. And I mean, I've been that person. I have friends that are those people. Like I know that intimately well. But at the end of the day, what does it all matter if you're living a life that doesn't make you happy? Like that's right. on you, exactly. you know, like, exactly. what does it all matter? You can't take it with you. Give me like, uh, before we talk about because I, I do want to talk about your work, the work that you do now. But like, if if someone, you know, to the person who's listening and saying, I yeah. like this, but I don't know where to start, where where could she or he start? Like, is it just listing my expenses? Like, where do I start? Where do I even begin? Yeah. So the first, the very first step is awareness. And that's probably true for anything in life that you want to do. So I would highly recommend that you figure out that you just sit with it for one to two months, minimum one month, two months is better. And just collect information. Just watch what you're doing. You don't have to judge it. You don't have to change it, but just become informed and see where your money is going. And I love recommending people to look at it by category. So like, sort of the purpose of how you're spending this money. So how much money do you spend on groceries? How much money do you spend eating out? How much money do you spend on bills? How much money do you spend on entertainment? Because the purpose tells you a lot about why you're spending money there and like what your sort of intention is with that. And I discovered in my sort of like just very unbiased observations when I started trying to figure out where my money was going, I was spending $700 a month at the grocery store. Like what as a single person with like no significant other and no kids, but I was totally a whole foods addicted impulse <laughs> shopper. And so if it's $12 for that box of cookies, I have a good paying job. I'm going to get the $12 box of cookies. Right. And so it was really, the good news is that it was really easy to sort of shave that down. And still, I still shopped at whole foods. I was still like buying, you know, aligned with my values, but it was, it was like, okay, I can do this for a lot less if I really decide I'm going to do it for a lot less. So I think just being aware, it's super, uh, it makes it a lot easier to take that next step to figure out what you want to change if you, if you know what's going on. 
I think if I'm not mistaken that you've stepped away from a corporate sort of career at this point and you're doing something else. And so I want you to talk a little bit about what you're doing now and what maybe also why you decided to step away from the corporate path. Yes, absolutely. Um, so now I actually am a certified life coach and I coach mainly people that are loving and wanting a career break. Mm -hmm. So some of my clients are pre-break and they're like, how can I make this possible? How do I afford it? How do I plan for it? How do I set it up for success? I've had um, a, a client hire me actually in the middle of her break and be like, I'm actually in my break. I'm starting my break, but I'm really nervous. I'm going to mess it up and waste it. And so can you help me stay aligned and make sure I'm maximizing this experience? And then some people it's after the break where they come back and they're like, I'm having trouble finding a job or figuring out, you know, what it is I'm going to do next. Like, can you help me sort of like figure out what my next step is? And so for me, being a career break coach is obviously so exciting and so yeah. motivating, but it's also my personal story, right? Like my experiences come to life. Um, so I really enjoy that. And yes, you are correct. Like I have fully stepped away from my last most recent corporate job. And for me, it was all about freedom. Um, I loved the people I worked with so much, but I needed to do something that lit me up and I needed to live my purpose. And I think helping people stop being afraid, like the world is such a better place when people are showing up for life in a really happy and courageous way. Mm -hmm. uh, people that show up afraid and sort of like shrinking from who they really are, like that doesn't help the world. So I feel like in my own little way, I get to contribute to sort of like bringing more light into the world. And um, I get to have fun doing it. And I get to live my own sort of nomadic freedom-based lifestyle while I'm doing it, which is you know kind of amazing as well. Did you shock your family or your friends when you said, I'm stepping away from the corporate path? I've trained my mom to embrace all of my crazy decisions. She definitely struggled in the beginning, but you know, when our daughter quit to go get an MBA, that was crazy. And then when I quit to take a career break, that was crazy. And my mom just finally said, kiddo, you land on your feet every single time. Like, I'm not going to spend any more time worrying about you. Like, I know you're going to be okay. If you have maybe a book or two that you've read that has made an impact on you, yeah. either because of, you know, related to the things that we're talking about, or even if it's not, would you, you know, which am I recommending? Yes. Okay. So this is going to be super cliche, but it's my honest answer. Okay, Lou. So don't judge me. No, just kidding. Okay. So Eat, Pray, Love was a book that changed my life. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I don't know that I would have taken this break if I had never read that book. And it wasn't because I was trying to recreate what Elizabeth Gilbert did, but it was because she expanded my mind to tell me that like, that was even a possibility before I read that book. I did not know as silly as it sounds. I did not know that people quit their lives to do the thing that they wanted to do. Like I didn't know that was possible yes. and it blew me wide open. And I didn't just quit and leave after I read that book. I mean, I read that book in the middle of business school and I was like, Oh my God, I want to go travel around the world. But like, I'm in the middle of business school who quits business school to go be a vagabond, you know? Um, so I didn't do it, but it, it like, it just planted these seeds. And I think for me and what I tell, you know, everyone that I've ever worked with is find your inspiration. Like, you know, Cheryl Strayed has a great story with Wild, and um, mm. Martha Beck was an amazing life coach and has been on Oprah. And I was reading, um, I think it's called Following Your North Star, but it was really about tuning into yourself for the answers. And so I surrounded myself with a lot of people and stories and materials. And, like podcasts weren't really a thing then, but obviously they're a thing now. And 
you know, people like yourself show up and say, Hey, there's other ways to do things. And I think that just having that reinforcement that it's possible is so powerful because you are who you surround yourself with. And if your friends and family aren't doing it, you can still pull in the awareness that somebody out there is doing it. And it just makes it feel more possible. And so that book for me was a really huge moment where I decided I could do big, scary things. And then of course, once I do it and I don't fail, I don't, you know, like I figure out how to make it through and have a great life. I'm like, oh, I can do something big and scary next time too. And it could be something completely different. Exactly. And thank you so much for emphasizing or highlighting the power of stories of other people's stories, right? And and finding inspiration there because actually that is the, the main reason why I started the podcast is because I wanted to... I called them models of possibilities because this is basically I just wanted to interview people who are doing different things because when you're in your corporate life, sometimes that's all you know, right? The, all you know. You know, the climbing that ladder and, you know, and, and that's all you know and you don't even realize that there are other things that are possible. And absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. So thank you for highlighting that. Um, Where can people find you, Katrina? Online and social media can follow yeah. you and your crazy decisions. <laughs> my reckless decisions. No. Um, <laughs> you can find me on my website. There's a lot more about me and my story. And that is um, K McGee Coaching. So um, K and then it's M-C-G-H-E-E Coaching. Um, but also I currently and for the past 10 months, I've been living nomadically. I sold all of my belongings you know, ended my lease, did finally sell that townhouse in Atlanta and basically like just got rid of everything. And um, I've been living sort of as a nomad for the past 10 months. And so I love to reflect on the lessons I'm learning along the way and sort of show the places I go. And so if you're interested in that, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. And um, Instagram is McGee Coaching, And then Facebook is just Katrina McGee. Okay, so. well, I, you're going to definitely see me as one of your followers for sure. So Katrina, thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this conversation. And thank you so much for sharing all your experiences and your insight with us today. Thank you for having me, Lou. I'm so excited for what you're creating and what you've been been doing for others. And so it's super cool to be a part of that. This wraps it up for this week's episode. You will find the show notes with all the links to the resources that we mentioned at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 88. If you like this podcast and are a frequent listener, give us a rating and review on iTunes, would you please? Your review really, really helps. It helps tremendously in reaching the people who could benefit the most from the show. And while you're at it, why not tell your friends about the podcast too, right? We don't need to keep this a secret between ourselves. Now, speaking of friends, I would love for us to connect and invite you again to find me on Instagram. At Lou Blazer is where you'll find me on Instagram. And if you have questions or suggestions for topics that you want to hear on the podcast, you can definitely direct message me there. I would love so much to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and being with me for a few minutes today. I cannot wait to chat with you again next week. I will be back with a new topic to help you move forward with your career goals and step into the future that I know, I know you want. In the meanwhile, keep on making your debt, my friends. Cool beans.